Relationship and reconciliation, and we titled last Sunday messages, where is, where is Abel, your brother? God asking Cain a question in Genesis chapter 4. Cain, where is Abel, your brother? Amen. Our focus is on relationship, relationship and reconciliation, and we kind of Talk briefly, last Sunday, why relationship is the topmost list in God's agenda. Relationship is on the highest list or the topmost portion of God's agenda. And we gave some, some reasons why we can submit that. It will be hard to contend with the fact that there is nothing higher in priority to God than relationship. Amen? And we talk briefly and give few reasons why we thought so. And one of the reasons why we thought and why I know that relationship is on top of God's agenda is the price that God paid in order to restore relationship between himself and man. He gave his best. The highest price, his only begotten son, was a price he paid in order to restore relationship to humanity. That was the most profound reason why I submit that relationship is the highest in God's agenda. Amen? And also, I think we gave more than one. I thought we were able to get to two or three. Um, the second reason why we submitted the relationship is higher than anything else in God's agenda was the price God put on relationship between man and man, between one another. The first was the price he paid for relationship between man and him. The second was the price he put on relationship between one another. And we saw that in Matthew when God, by Jesus, was saying to us, if you come to the altar to offer offering unto him. And there you remember that your brother has something, message translation said, your friend has something against you. God said, as a matter of priority, your offering is second. At this moment, there's something of higher priority. Go fix that relationship first. Then come back. Right there we know what the higher priority was to God. God prioritized the relationship between you and the other person more than the offerings that you have brought to him. Amen? And that was the second reason why we submitted the relationship is the highest priority in God's agenda. Amen. The third one, I don't think if we mention this, was the father, the relentless effort of Satan to destroy relationship is a key 
to point to us that this is higher in God's priority. Every weapon of Satan is targeted towards destroying relationship, either between man and God or between man and man. Amen? We saw that from the beginning in Genesis chapter 3. The first assault of Satan was to destroy the relationship between Adam and God. Amen? We saw it in Genesis chapter 4. His second assault was to destroy the relationship between Cain and Abel. First, it was between man and God. Second, it was between man and man. Family relationship, fellowship, friendship, courtship, apprenticeship. Every ship or caravan that is carrying more than one person, Satan's arrow is targeted on those on a daily basis. And so because we saw that Satan has an, a relentless effort to destroy relationships, we know Satan knew something that we might not know. He knew that relationship is topmost on God's agenda. Hallelujah. Number four reason why we submitted that relationship is topmost in God's agenda is that everything God created in the beginning, the Bible said God saw that it was good. The first thing and the only thing ever mentioned in scriptures that God thought was not good in his creative work was a man without a relationship. A man being alone. That was the only thing the Bible recorded that God pronounced, this is not good. It is not good for a man to be alone. It is not good for a man not to have a human-to-human -human relationship. Keep in mind, because he said for a man to be alone. God was with Adam. So God cannot be referring to God-to-man relationship. No, because Adam was not alone. Adam was with God. But Adam has no human relation. So God said, it will be an error for a man not to have human relationship. He said, it is not good. So no matter how spiritual you are, if you have no human-to-human -human relationship, God said, it is not good. I don't care how many dead you raise. If your relationship with man is not good, God said, you are not cutting it. This is not good. You can sing like an angel and your relationship with people is not good. God is saying you are not getting the idea yet. Relationship is priority to me. Not only between me and you, between you and others. Are we getting the picture? Well, the reason why this is critical is because when we get to talk about reconciliation, you see why it is difficult for reconciliation to work, even among Christians, because we do not understand relationship. 
Reconciliation cannot work until relationship is settled. God understood that. He settled his relationship with us first. And he has committed to us the ministry of re reconciliation. Until we understand relationship and begin to operate in God's pattern, reconciling the world back to God is going to be a dream which God will fulfill. The question is, will you be part of it? Because God will do it. He will make it happen. God will reconcile the world unto himself. But he chose to do it through us. Hallelujah. So the number four reason why relationship is critical in God's agenda is the fact that a man or a woman that is not having healthy relationship with another man or woman is not acting or living according to God's pattern. And we have to learn through the power of the Spirit of God to fix it. Amen? Let me give you one more before I leave that alone. One more. The last point I will give here, you can have gazillions. It's all over the scriptures. And I think these are critical. That's why I wanted to point them out is that godly relationship or healthy relationship is the anchor of any kingdom or any home or any group or any team. <laughs> Hallelujah. You see, Christianity is such a blessing. Being in Christ is incredible. But like the Bible said in Hebrews chapter 4, it said some people do not profit thereof because it does not meet with faith. We are supposed to be the leader in this feed. Do you know how, you know, how many billions of dollars people pay for counseling? Just in America? To go for therapy or to go for wherever they call it. And this is something that God gave us. If only we're paying attention. Relationship. Healthy, godly relationship is the anchor of every kingdom. Every nation. <laughs> Do you remember what Jesus said? A nation that is divided or a kingdom that is divided against itself. The Bible said it cannot stand. A house that is divided against itself. A family. A community. A church. Every ship that has division as opposed to a healthy relationship, it cannot stand. A fellowship that is divided against itself, it cannot stand. Relationship is the kingdom's key to success. 
Everywhere you apply for a job today in corporate America, if they know that your human side, no matter how brilliant, how good you are, if you have all the certificates and all the credentials, if they know and have a wimp through your Facebook or LinkedIn or any social media that you are a thorough when it comes to human-to-human -human relationship, they will never hire you. They don't want you in their company. Why do you think so? They understood relationship is the key to success in any organization, in any kingdom, in any nation, in any home. There has to be relationship that is healthy. Amen? I believe we get the picture. Relationship is higher in God's agenda. And that's why he could pay the ultimate price for it. God paid the ultimate price to ensure a healthy relationship between him and man. And he went ahead and said, put me on the second list when it comes to restoring relationship. I will wait for you to fix relationship first before you bring me any offering. I don't know how clearer it could get for us to understand what God is saying unto us. Amen? Because in his kingdom, there cannot be division. There cannot be pandemonium. There cannot be hatred. There cannot be envy. In his kingdom, the only person that ever attempted to bring disunity, to bring self into the picture, was thrown out. His name is Angel Lucifer. He was thrown out. Because in God's kingdom, harmony, healthy relationship is key. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When they asked Jesus, I think we should read that. Luke, Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10 from 25. Luke chapter 10, verse 25. Just then, a religion scholar stood up with a question to test Jesus. Teacher, what do I need to do to get eternal life. He answered, what is written in God's law? How do you interpret it? He said, that you love the Lord your God with all your passion and pray in mazu and intelligence and that you love your neighbor as well as you do yourself. God answered, good answered, said Jesus, do it and you will leave. Looking for a loophole, he asked, and just how would you define neighbor? Tell your neighbor, do it and you will leave. The most 
important commandment <laughs> is to love God and love your neighbor. And you say, who is my neighbor? And Jesus gave a very good parable. Said there was a certain man traveling from Jericho, from Jerusalem to Jericho. You know the story? You can read it when you get home. He said, he fell among the thieves. <laughs> I think we should read that. <laughs> I think we should read that. Don't you agree? Are we there? Okay. Looking for a loophole, he asked. And just how will you define my neighbor? How will you define Abel? Who is Abel to me? Who is my neighbor? Yes. Jesus answered by telling the story. There was once a man traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. Now pay attention to this. A lot of the time when we read the Bible, we don't, we don't, we rush through it. We don't pay attention. What is he saying? A man traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. Now, if you know the epiphany on this, you'll be amazed. A man who is walking away from Jerusalem turned his back on Jerusalem and is walking to Jericho. If you know the map of, you know, if you know the map of the, the instant map, just go and look when you get home. Look at where Jerusalem is and look at where Jericho is. When you leave Jerusalem and you face Jericho, you're going to the wilderness. Jericho or Jerusalem means it's coined from two words, Jerus and Salem. It's, it literally means the land of bread, the land of abundance. Now, if a man is walking away from abundance and going to the wilderness, he's already in error. Wouldn't you agree? There's a problem there. He's traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. Immediately after Jericho is the wilderness. He's headed in the wrong direction. <laughs> Why is Jesus giving that story? Exactly that. Because those to whom God defined in this scripture as your neighbor are not the perfect people. They are the ones who are headed in the wrong direction. A man walking away from Jerusalem going to Jericho. Don't forget the question. The, the Pharisees say, how do you define neighbor? And Jesus is defining neighbor right now. He's telling him who his neighbor is. It's not the one sitting beside you in the church alone. It's not the man and the woman that you like. It's not the man and the woman in your house alone. No, he said a certain man is traveling from Jerusalem. To Jericho. And that is the picture of the neighbor that Jesus is trying to paint. So my neighbor could be the one who is harassing me at my office. It could be the man who wants to shock me and see me fired at my job. It could be the man that just crossed me on the street while we're driving and I almost hit her. And I have gotten a ticket. 
It is a man who is walking away from Jerusalem and is headed into Jericho. That's my neighbor. Hallelujah. And what is Jesus trying to get across to this man? On the way, he was attacked because he was headed in the wrong direction. By a robber or by robbers. He was attacked. Again, Jesus is painting the question or painting the symbol of our neighbor. It is someone who is attacked. Someone who is attacked by the devil. It could be someone who is attacked from home and he comes to the office and he's like a B-I-T-C-H. But he's been attacked. He's had a very bad night. And God said, that's our neighbor. That's my neighbor. He was attacked. But look at what Christians we do normally today. They took his clothes, beat him up, and went off leaving him half dead. Next verse. Luckily, <laughs> you wish, a priest was on this way, on his way down to the same road. The same road. You already know this is not a genuine priest. This is a priest that is on the same road. Hallelujah. On the same road. That's what the scripture says. When he saw him, he angled across to the other side. Absolutely. This is a priest for profit. He's not interested and that's not his neighbor as far as he is concerned. Then a Levite, religious man, showed up. He would have said, praise God. He also avoided the injured man. A Samaritan traveling the road came on him. See, a Samaritan is traveling the road. He didn't use the word the same road. He was passing by. He was not headed in the wrong direction. No. Jesus don't miss word. The scripture don't miss words. He's traveling. Right? The same, and, and came, I mean, uh, the road came on him. So, okay, well, in 35. So, a Samaritan traveling the, the road came on him. When he saw the man's condition, what happened? His heart went out to him. Jesus is still answering the question, who is my neighbor? He gave him first aid, disinfecting and bandaging his wounds. Then he lifted him onto his donkey, led him to an inn, and made him Comfortable. Say comfortable. Made him comfortable. He made the man who was headed in the wrong direction 
who was attacked, he made him what? Comfortable. He did not add to the injury. He did not say, who sent you there? Why did you went there anyway? You got what you deserve. No, he made him comfortable. In the morning, he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, take good care of him. If it costs any more, put it on my bill. I will pay you on my way back. Did you see why I said he is not traveling the wrong direction? He is coming back. On my way back. Hallelujah. But let's see the conclusion. What did Jesus say? What do you think? Which of the three became a neighbor to the man attacked by robbers? Hallelujah. Relationship. How God prioritized relationship, how God view relationship is key to the commission we have been given. If we do not understand relationship, we will never be able to fulfill reconciliation. And that's why it has been a drag. I think you will agree with me. We have been struggling. And that's why I sang the song, The Lord, we need you. That the Lord will open our eyes to see the way he sees. To know who our neighbors are. Just like Jesus opened the eyes of these religious scholars. To let him see. Because you recall in Genesis chapter 4 when God asked Abel. I mean Cain, where is Abel your brother? He said, how should I know? Am I my brother's keeper? Hallelujah. It is the attitude that God is pointing to. Our attitude to the next person. Because God is genuinely, genuinely prioritizing our relationship with the next person. Trust. And he has created all kind of ships to bring us around people. It's either you are in friendship or you are in relationship or you are in courtship, the young people. Or you are in fellowship. Or you are an apprenticeship. One way or the other, God puts you in a ship. And that is symbolic of relationship. A man that is not in any ship, God says, it is too bad. It is not good for a man not to be in any ship. For a man to be alone. So our interaction with people, our relationship with people is a genuine concern and topmost in God's priority. And God is saying, the same way I prioritize my relationship with you is the same way I'm looking at your relationship with your neighbors, your brothers, your sisters, friends, colleagues. And until we come to grasp with that, until we understand that, we will not pay attention or 
the right attention to relationships that God is bringing us into or bringing into our lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we know who our neighbor is. We know who our able is now. It's not the perfect person. No. They are the imperfect. They are the so-called name tag sinners. That's what God is showing this individual. How do we relate with people? How do we understand and cultivate the healthy relationship that God and heaven is waiting for among the wolves that we live as sheep of God. Amen? How do we articulate God's way? Amen? I mean, I'm going to run through that quickly to show us how we Create and maintain, if I can use that word, healthy relationship. How do we create and maintain healthy relationship? We've seen the pattern God has shown us. We need to pay attention to that. How do we create and maintain healthy relationship? Again, don't forget, it is a ship. Any ship you are in. How do you create a healthy one? And how do you maintain, keep it healthy or godly? Amen? Number one, very simple. Follow God's pattern. Amen? Tell your neighbor, follow God's pattern. It means I have to prioritize relationship, and assign an equivalent value that God assigned. When God brings me into a relationship, I immediately zero in and assign the priority that God assigned to it. <laughs> Amen? Follow God's pattern. Because until we begin to operate According to God's pattern, we will not be able to fit into what he wants to do. I must prioritize every relationship and assign an equivalent value that God has already assigned. It means that God was willing to pay the highest price to ensure that relationship is healthy. To ensure that relationship is healthy. So if I'm in a relationship and I want God's result, I need to prioritize it. I need to do exactly what God did. And look at Jesus. That's exactly what Jesus did. He said, all that the Father has given unto me, I did not lose anyone except the son of perdition. He saved them. And the Bible said he loved them until the end. Hallelujah. Number two, how do I create and maintain a healthy relationship? 
a godly relationship, you must master anger. Master word? Anger. Just like God instructed Cain, where he wanted to train him how to maintain a healthy relationship between him and his brother. He said, sin is encroaching. His desire is for you. He is out to get you. But you must master it. And what was in Cain's life? Anger. Anger. God was telling him, master anger. And that's why all over the scriptures, you see the, the, the scripture saying to us, that be angry, but sin not. Do not allow the sun to go down on your anger. They say, anger lies in the bosom of fools. Because anger destroys relationships. We study Moses. Everything, beautiful thing that God put in his hand. Anger made him to use his own hand to destroy it. So, master anger. No relationship will survive with a man or a woman that will not master anger. Because there's no relationship too good that anger cannot destroy. If we don't master it. Because anger is an emotion. You cannot in any way whatsoever say I will not be angry. It's impossible. What you can do is what God asks you to do. Master it. Do the opposite of whatever anger dictates to you. That's the trick. Do the opposite because to whom you obey, you are a slave. If anger say, kick his ass, what will I do? I will kiss his ass. Yeah, I want you to get your attention because when it's raw like that, we get it. Because I will not submit to anger. I may not be able to stop a bird from making or flying over my head, but I can resist him or her making a nest on my head. It's an adage that I'm trying to translate in English. It's very hard. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I will not be able to stop the trigger when anger sparks. But I will not submit to him. I have the ability, according to God, to master it. God will never ask us to do anything he has not empowered us to do. So when anger says, kick his ass, I will do the opposite. I will kiss the ass. I want that exact opposite to be clear to us. Amen? Number three, how do I create and maintain a healthy, a godly relationship? I have so much scriptures, we won't have time to read it. Number three, be humble. Be humble. 
Be humble. Be humble. No proud man can sustain a healthy relationship. No proud woman can sustain a healthy relationship. Why? Because the only way to keep a relationship healthy is to learn how to submit. That's why God uses the word like submit. Say, wife, submit to your husband. <laughs> but oftentimes we think God only asks wives to submit. You have not read Ephesians chapter 4. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, part of the fruit of the Holy Spirit is submission. If a man says, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit and has difficulty in submitting, you better check if you truly have the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit helps you to submit. He said, be not drunk. Be not drunk with wine. He said, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, he said, submit to one another. You see, Preachers, we made a lot of mistakes when we preach sometimes. When we talk about the Holy Spirit, we talk about speaking in tongues, we talk about all kind of stuff. We never talk about submission. But the Holy Spirit is released unto us so that we can submit to God and submit to one another. A proud man the Bible says, God resists the proud. No relationship can be healthy without submission. And you have the Holy Spirit. You just need to know he has empowered you to submit. And be willing to do it. Submit to one another. The braggados. The, bra the, the, the bragging. All kind of stuff that you see in Christianity today baffles my heart and made me sometimes to question how could you have the Holy Spirit and you will not be able to submit? Hallelujah. This is meant for us to check ourselves. Where are we? Number, number four. I'll give two more because of time. In order to have, create and maintain a healthy relationship, you have to be a man of great peace. You have to be a man of great peace. If you have not attained great peace, or you have not received the peace of God, or you are not at peace with God, you cannot be at peace with man. And you cannot maintain a healthy relationship. Psalm 119 verse 165. Great peace have they that love thy Lord, because nothing shall offend them. Because the weapon of Satan is offense to destroy relationship. But when you are a man of great peace, the enemy has lost the battle. Because great peace have they that love thy Lord, for nothing shall offend them. Be a man of great peace. Follow peace with all men. And holiness without which no man 
shall see the Lord. As long as it is within your power, I said, live peaceably with all men. We're talking about relationship with men. To maintain a healthy relationship, man to man, man to woman, between one another, it will require you being a man of great peace. That you understand what it means to be at great peace. You love peace, you pursue it. Blessed are those, or blessed are the peacemaker. For there is the kingdom of God, they're the sons of God. Be a man of great peace. And then the last one I will give because of time is to reject strife. Reject strife in all its totality. Be a man that is completely against strife. You do not want it. You do not entertain it. You, do not, you, you just say no to strife. Like Abraham, he called Lot. He said, let there be no strife between us. Why? He said, because we are brethren. Can you imagine? Let there be no strife between us. Because we are brethren. And again, who is your brother? Who is your neighbor? A man that wants to create and maintain healthy relationship is a man that says no to strife. Doesn't matter who is right or who is wrong. The answer is all the same. No. There will be no strife between us. And how will you do that? If you are not a man that can submit. You see how all of these are interwoven. Let's rise on our feet. Relationship and reconciliation. I don't have the time to touch on reconciliation because the time is gone. We see I have so many scriptures we have not read on relationship. I, I try to quickly push the points out and hope that the Holy Spirit will minister into our heart to help us to see the way God sees. See, the moment we have a complete understanding of how God sees relationship, this local church will not remain the same. Your family will not remain the same. The place where you work will not remain the same. Everywhere you go, every ship you find yourself in will never remain the same. Why? Because there is God in there. Amen. We will try at some point to talk about reconciliation. Reconciliation can never, ever work. Until we understand relationship the way God wants us to understand it. So the, you know, the effort we put in trying to preach the gospel, trying to reconcile, is not yielding much fruit. Because every tree produces after itself. A man that do not understand relationship the way God understood it will not be able to create reconciliation. Will not be a good ambassador. God cannot put his grace on someone that is going to produce bad fruit. Amen? But God is going to help us. God is going to help his church.
The reconciliation model of God will require understanding God's relationship pattern. And once we understand it, the time will come when we talk about reconciliation, we will see that as long as we understand relationship, reconciliation is going to be very easy. We can fulfill the gospel. We can fulfill the calling upon our lives. We say he has made us ambassadors of reconciliation. God is seeking to reconcile the world unto himself through us. As first, second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. That's why I say, if any man is in Christ, a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. He said, all these things were through God who reconciled us unto himself and has given unto us the ministry of reconciliation. Let's talk to God. Help me enlighten my heart. Help me understand relationship from your perspective. Illuminate my heart. Create a genuine craving in my heart to seek to know and to live according to your pattern of relationship. I want to relate with every man and every woman you bring on my way the way you want it to be. You have given me the Holy Spirit and I know I can do this. Help me, Lord. Help me. Help me to yield to the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, we do pray.